0: And I've also always had a curiosity about where I was. What's here? What does this place look like? How does this place work? How do I make sense of it?
1: Hi, this is Dave Kaler, and welcome to Riverspeak, where we discover rivers through the stories of people that would work to save them. In this episode, we talk with Sarah Press, Land Acquisition Program Manager for Sonoma Land Trust. We'll discover the Russian and Wallala Rivers in Sonoma's coastal region where Sara works. We'll also hear about a new guidebook Sara helped develop, an important tool assisting with the protection of water for our rivers. Sara Press is first a geographer. Her awareness of place is striking and she has a deep understanding of rivers as a community to which we belong. The foundation of Sara's passion for conservation was laid down early. To picture where Sara grew up, pull out a map of California. Look about 150 miles north of San Francisco, you'll spot Point Arena that juts out into the Pacific Ocean. There you'll find the mouth of the Garcia River, from the Garcia then follow the coastline south about 20 miles to the Wallala River. This is where Sara's story begins.
0: I grew up in Southern Mendocino County uh, along the coast. And, and so really the, the redwoods and the ocean and those coastal bluffs and the Wallala River and the Garcia River really have always been part of my existence, playing at the beach and swimming in the river exploring the woods, all of that, um, were my, was my reality. And I think, you know, I don't know if I really appreciated it at the time. Um, and I, but I grew to appreciate it over time and realizing how important that experience and that reality was to me. Um, I think that was a real fundamental piece. Um, and another fundamental piece that I wanted to share is that um, my mom was a poet and, that, and she paid a lot of attention to the world around her. And growing up, I would um, help her memorize her poems and so got very familiar with some of her work. And if you wouldn't mind, I would love to read one of her poems. It's called Spoon Says to Write Reckless. The redwoods stand close by the river, sunlight and shadow, gravel and rock, stumps, some fine sand. A small child wraps her legs around fiber, pushes off from the bank on this swing, arched spine, head leaning backward, long, loose, sun-greening hair. The river is high after spring rains, runs rapid. Her bare body through air into water. Early summer, late morning, cold. Heart tightens with that plunge to the bottom. Sand shifts through toes, tickles her feet. Nothing solid to stand on, so she sinks. And then leaps, kicks, and splashes. Those fisted fingers, now freed from frayed cord, fling wet, reflected, upside down, dappled world. So while well, I'm not a poet, I have always had that um, part of my reality and part of my existence. And I've also always. Had a curiosity about where I was. So, you know, what's here? What does this place look like? How does this place work? How do I make sense of it? So these are, have always been uh, sort of questions swirling around in my head wherever I am.
1: Like so many other things in life, careers are often not straight line events. Sarah's pathway to land and river conservation was an evolution of things, building on her education in geography and then gaining experience in land use planning.
0: Well, it's really funny because I just happened upon this career. I didn't know that this existed previously. I didn't know that land conservation was a thing or that you could make a career out of it until I had been working as a professional planner for a number of years. I got my master's degree in geography and then took that and worked for an urban and regional planning consulting firm in Berkeley. And one of the projects that I worked on as when I was at that consultant firm was, um, was for the Sonoma County Agricultural Preservation and Open Space District here in Sonoma County and we, I worked on a trail project and found out that there were people who were working on, on protecting open space. Um, my job as a planner has been, had been, we were working to promote smart growth, so you know, infill development, keeping city-centered growth so that open space would remain open. But then when I saw that you could actually work to directly protect open space rather than indirectly, which is the way I had been doing it, I got really excited about this line of work. And as it happened, um, the Agan Open Space District um, was hiring at one point and I was ready to make the, the leap and went to work for them in their, as part of their acquisition team and learned really how the land conservation works in, in, this, in the way that they do it in terms of um, protecting land with conservation easements and stewardship activities. And so I was there for 10 years before um, coming to Sonoma Land Trust, which is where I currently work, and so now I get to lead our land and easement acquisition efforts in the Russian River and the Sonoma Coast region. So it feels like a full circle to where I didn't know that I wanted to be, but that I, I do want to be. From having grown up sort of in this kind of in this region, not too far from here, and um, you know I think the, the geography, the planning skills that I gained along the way have been really helpful in getting me to do now conservation planning and land acquisition work here in the region.
1: The main stem of the Russian River originates from headwaters in the Laughlin Mountain Range in Mendocino County, north of Ukiah, and flows south into Sonoma County. Along its path to the sea, the Russian River passes several towns located on its banks, towns like Cloverdale, Healdsburg, Guerneville, Monterio, and Jenner, where it joins the Pacific Ocean. Numerous creeks and streams from the Russian River watershed cover more than half of Sonoma County. Many of the tributaries flow across the Santa Rosa Plain and gather to form a unique wetland ecosystem called the Laguna de Santa Rosa near Sebastopol. The Russian River provides drinking water for more than 600,000 people and provides critical habitat to fish and wildlife, including salmon. Simply stated, the Russian River supports just about everything everyone loves about Sonoma County.
0: There has been connection between people and this land for a long time. The Pomo and Coast Miwok and Wapo Indian tribes were in this area, you know, dating back as far as 8,000 BC. and, And they managed the land for food and fiber and interacted with the ocean and the river um, you know, so for 10,000 years, the Russian River drew people to its bountiful fish populations and the abundance of basket-making materials. You know, the Russian River watershed is, is so diverse, it's, it's both a biodiversity hotspot, so it has, you know, it runs all the way from these steep oak-studded hills in the eastern county to the rolling redwood forests near the coast and everything in between and that really provides a wide range of diverse habitats for wildlife um, but also for humans you know the area has been used by humans in so many different ways that have really shaped um, what we see today from you know the road building for ranching and forestry to cultivating fruit orchards and vineyards to building housing you know sometimes all the way up to the river and And for the recreational use of the river and the sandy beaches both on the river and on the coast Um, and it's interesting to see the difference at at the coast you know these coastal communities have been more limited as to where they could extend and expand so we still have so much open space along the coast with grasslands that have a history of ranching and forests with its history of logging um, plus all the protected areas along our coast. We're, we're lucky to have Sonoma Coast State Park beaches, Fort Ross, Salt Point State Parks, Stillwater Cove and Walala Point Regional Parks. So we have this resource on the coast that really is available to all of us, um, not just those who are lucky enough to live there. You know I think about sort of the human use of the of the region as it's been expanding over the past pretty much 150 years really when it was fueled um, by development and economic opportunities such as you know, the need for timber for building San Francisco both actually before the 1906 earthquake but especially after the 1906 earthquake. Um, lots of logging activity, mining the gravel that's in and along the river. The, the farming and ranching that's really produced a lot of food for not just this region but a much broader area you know we're known for our apples and milk and eggs and cheese and now wine um, and then more recently well it's been going on for a long time but more and more the region being used recreationally you know people have had summer homes along the river um, for a long time people you know had come up in their horse and buggy from San Francisco for the summer. Um, there's a lo- There are a number of kids camps in the Redwoods along the river and some of the tributaries um, and a lot of hiking in these hills. But we're also lucky in Sonoma County that there are lots of organizations that are working with landowners and working to improve the health of the watershed. So for example, Sonoma Land Trust, where I work, is one of those organizations um, where we work with with landowners to improve and protect the, the lands where we live.
1: The Wallala River watershed neighbors the Russian River and includes most of the land in the Northwest area of Sonoma County. The Wallala River is the place where Sonoma and Mendocino counties meet. It has three main forks. The North Fork of the Wallala originates in Mendocino County and flows south. The Wheatfield Fork, the largest of the three, stretches inland near Lake Sonoma. And the South Fork parallels the coast along the San Andreas Fault Line. The watershed is a rugged mountainous region, sparsely populated with a large expanse of redwood and Douglas fir forest. Zara described the different priorities and approaches for conservation efforts in these two neighboring watersheds.
0: They're both such important rivers. You know, the focus really in in the Russian is just so diverse. There's so much going on that there's so many different aspects to conservation that are important uh, to think about. And in the Wallala, whereas, you know, the development, residential development pressure is definitely building, but still, it's it's um, there's not as much going on uh, in that watershed, so that the the focus and conservation a lot is around the forest management and how to how to both balance the need for some for timber because we all are using it, um, and the economic benefit of having um, some economic uh, activity occurring off the landscape, but doing it in a way that protects the fish and protects the wildlife. Um, and other ha- and habitats, rare plants and other rare, rare animals, um, protects those resources at the same time.
1: The primary conservation tool that SARA uses most often is land acquisition, either purchasing land outright or acquiring deeds of conservation easement. In either case, the water assets held by those deeds are key to protecting and improving stream flows. Over the last year, SARA has been an important member of a team that evaluated the water resources on Sonoma Land Trust properties. They took a look at what water assets their deeds were protecting and how those assets might be used to improve stream flows. In the process, they decided to publish a guidebook to help other conservation organizations think about water protection.
0: It is really exciting. It's, it's taking land conservation uh, and pushing, pushing the boundaries a little bit in, into new ways um, because really, you know, we know that the health of land and water are linked. Um, and what's exciting is that land trusts who typically work with land protection are increasingly seeing opportunities to protect both the land and water resources. So Sonoma Land Trust had the opportunity to work with the Nature Conservancy and Alfred Environmental to develop, first it was a briefing book that just uh, helped Sonoma Land Trust identify water assets on our, the properties that we own, our preserves, as well as um, helping us to incorporate water as a key element when we evaluate projects. So really looking at it directly and incorporating it into our process. And um, so we developed together a briefing book um, that actually we just decided was was so helpful that we wanted to turn it into a guidebook for all land trusts and co- other conservation organizations in California. Um, you know, California water rights are very um, particular to California, so the, the guidebook is based in California water rights, um, though there's a lot of important good information for land trusts from other places in the country um, in terms of how to think about water assets and so water assets let me just explain are both the physical water resources such as on a property such as streams or springs as well as the water rights which could be you know a claim a permit a license or a registration that support or have the potential to support the identified conservation values on a property, such as riparian areas or endangered fish habitat or wetlands or grasslands. And so when we take water assets into account in our protection efforts, then we're protecting and potentially improving the availability of water for wildlife and the ecological environments that that they depend on. And we know right now how important, having been through some big droughts recently, and currently, um, we know how important the water is in our landscape. So the more we can investigate and understand and use that in our protection efforts, I think the better. So the guidebook is really designed to assist conservation organizations but with both applying sort of our traditional land protection strategies such as conservation easements um, with new tools and strategies such as transfer of water rights or rainwater catchment systems, things that land trusts haven't traditionally done but other organizations do um, and we want to sort of spread the knowledge about how to use those um, these other kinds of strategies to further the role that water assets play in our watershed health and then the survival of species, particularly salmon and trout that depend on the water resources.
1: Sara came to this project with a lot of expertise for acquiring conservation properties. And I was curious to know what she learned by doing the project.
0: For me, learning how to think about water differently uh, and asking some key questions that hadn't really been part of the repertoire of what I would ask when, when doing a, a land protection project, such as, um, you know, are existing water rights materially important to the conservation values of this property? So really thinking about, is are the water rights important to what I'm seeking to protect on the property? And if it is important, then what is necessary to protect and enforce those water rights its and their use in a manner that's consistent with the conservation purpose. So how can that water be used um, f- to further the conservation benefits? And then are the water assets that are materially important to the conservation goals potentially at risk of being impaired by a potential future water right or a change in a, an existing water right? So understanding how how the water and water rights are linked to what we're trying to protect and then ensuring what do we need to do to be sure that that water right is there and available for the beneficial use that we're looking for. And oftentimes that's to to the beneficial use is to leave it in stream, is for the water to be in stream for fish and wildlife. And so this approach actually has become central to Sonoma Land Trust acquisition work in the Russian River watershed because we've decided we're focusing on water as the critical component of our land protection efforts in the watershed. So this guidebook has really helped us get to that place of where we understand how to look at it, what questions to ask, what's the process for finding out the answers, and then implementation. Let me just plug that the, the guidebook is available online for anybody who wants to download it. It's on our website, so sonomalandtrust.org, um, as well as on the California Salmon and Steelhead Coalition's website.
1: The most recent acquisition project SARA completed was the protection of the 3,364-acre 3, Glockner-Turner Ranch through purchase of a conservation easement. The easement protects 2.1 miles of the Wheatfield Fork of the Wallala River and 3.6 miles of Rancheria Creek in the Russian River watershed. Sonoma Land Trust partnered with Sonoma Ag and Open Space, Sonoma Water, and the Gordon and Betty Moore Foundation to complete the deal.
0: Part of that property drains to Lake Sonoma in part is the part of the headwaters of the Wheatfield Fork, which runs into the Walala, So it's an amazing property that, yeah, spans both watersheds and um, is essentially undeveloped. There's some cattle grazing. There's There are a few acres of vineyard, not very
1: much. Sarah's work keeps her busier than the cranberry merchant. She's a hiker and lives near Atascadero Creek with easy access to a network of trails right out her front door. So I asked Sarah if she managed to get away from things now and then to enjoy the beautiful place where she lives and works.
0: I sure do my best. It's never enough.
1: So we're going to let Sara get back at it. I hope you enjoyed her story and discovering the Russian and Wallala rivers. To download the Water Asset Guidebook and to learn more about where Sara works, go to SonomaLandTrust.org. The poem, Spoon Says to Write Reckless, was written by Sarah's mom, Judith Tannenbaum. All episodes of Riverspeak Podcast, along with web links, podcast notes, and photographs, are available on our website, Riverspeak.org. Riverspeak Podcast is produced from my home studio in Sebastopol, California and hosted by Buzzsprout. You can listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast directories. All rivers have stories that ripple. I'm Dave Kaler. Be well and do good work.